Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Austin. And I'm Alicia. And we are the Darrows. This is the Darrows podcast where we help families navigate scripture to live godly lives by discussing all things family and faith unfiltered. In this episode, we talked about what the law of Christ is and how we can practically live it out. Last week, we talked about the fact that without Christ, there is no access to God. The Old Testament shows how holy God is and how unholy we are. Therefore, we need Christ as the perfect sacrifice to be our atonement. With Jesus coming, he brings a new covenant, and that is what we are talking about today. As a reminder, a covenant is an unbreakable promise made between two parties. It goes beyond a contract. Now, based on what we talked about last week, we now know that he is our atonement. He is our substitutionary atonement, which we will talk about maybe in a future episode, but if he has come to atone for us, if he has come to um, fulfill the law, right? If he's come to um, to save us from our sin, uh, what next? Uh, Romans six fifteen says it clearly from Paul. It says, "What then are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means." Now, this episode is the foundation for the rest of the season as we discuss freedom in Christ. It is through the law of Christ that we are able to find true freedom, and we will continue to explain that in this episode. Christ has fulfilled the law as in the 600 plus commandments given in the Old Covenant. Here are a few references where this is discussed in Romans 10 verse 4, Galatians 3, 23 to 25, and Ephesians 2.15. We're not going to read through all these verses, but please go through and uh, read these. They are great and uh, very helpful in this topic. So what is this new law? What is the law of Christ? In Mark chapter 12, Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? And this is how that conversation goes. Mark 12.28-34 says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other beside him. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask him any more questions. Therefore, the law of Christ is often stated as love God and love people or your neighbor. If our new command is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, how do we love God? It says simply in 1 John 5, verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Many people say that when we love God, we complete the first four commandments, which are seen in Exodus uh, chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. You shall have no other gods before me. 
Now, the Jews lived in a polytheistic culture, which means they, um, the people around them were worshiping multiple gods at that time, and therefore God told them, he is the Lord their God, and they should not have any gods before him. In our culture today, we should not worship other gods as well, whether that is an unbiblical version of God or another God from a different religion. You shall not make yourself an idol out of something created and worship it. What this is saying is that we should not uplift other people, material objects, or plants above God and worship and serve that. You shall not take the Lord your God's name in vain. The word vain here means desolating or to ruin morally, and therefore we should not speak badly of God or speak things that are untruthful about God. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now, remember that God rested. That's found in Genesis in the beginning. And therefore, we can rest as well. And remember also that Jesus is our rest and we are to rest in him. We love God by putting no other gods before him, by worshiping him alone, by speaking highly and truthfully of him with praise, and by resting in the finished work of Jesus. Now, how do we love our neighbor? First things first, we know that we are not only called to love our neighbor, but are commanded to love others in so much that not doing so means we don't know God. As stated in 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. As we talk about how to love our neighbor, you may ask, who is your neighbor? And Jesus answers that very question through the parable of the Good Samaritan, which can be found in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And um, I'm not going to read it right now, um, so you can definitely look that up. But what's happening in this story is Jesus explained that our neighbor is anyone who comes in our path or our realm of influence and to go and show mercy to them. Someone say we fulfill loving our neighbor as we do the last six commandments, which are in Exodus 20 verses 12 to 17. Uh, which is honor your mother and father, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, lie, slander against your neighbor, you shall not covet, just desire greatly your neighbor's belongings. Now Jesus shows that these commandments are a heart matter. And so he takes it on a much deeper level and you can see this happening in Matthew 5 and some of the things that he says are like, if you hate your brother, that's murder in your heart. Or if you lust after a woman, that's committing adultery. And so Mark 7, 21 also shows that these things are a matter of the heart. It says, for from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, bullishness, All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. We are not supposed to check these boxes off. We are not made righteous by the law. Loving God and people goes beyond these commandments. It is a heart matter. We are made righteous by faith in Christ, and in response to his love and grace, 
We love people and we love God ultimately fulfilling what he commands. And I think that's really the point that we're really trying to drive home here is that, um, and I think it was so powerful when I came across this this section, this whole section in, in Mark 7. Um, it's just that a lot of what it's talking about there has to, has to talk about, um, it, it's talking about like food um, and talking about like what comes in your body from outside um, isn't what defiles you. And then it goes into detail like this in this section where it kind of goes through everything, literally all of it and saying like, look, like it's, not what comes in that defiles a person, but it's what comes out of the person. It's what's inside of you that can defile you, um, which goes against everything that um, they believed um, in the old covenant world. It, it In the old covenant, it was this idea of I'm doing all these things because God, which God did command them to follow these rules. Like, I mean, like we've talked about before, just read Leviticus and yeah. you can see there are, hundreds of laws uh, throughout the Old Testament, um, a lot in Leviticus. I don't know if there's more than just in Leviticus, right? I mean, are they mentioned? Well, they're are they stated in, in Leviticus and in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. Yeah. Um, but sometimes they're just repeated, you know, they're not. Yeah, but they're all in those, in those couple of books. And with all those laws, they were to follow them and they were to do them, you know, there were physical acts, like there's physical uh, laws that had to be taken care of. I mean, even just as simple it, or as crazy really in our world of like not sitting in a seat where uh, a woman has menstruated. Like it seems so like that's ridiculous, but these were the laws that were that were laid out, right, um, for the Israelites, uh, for, the, for the Levites. Um, and so what this is showing us and what and what we're seeing with the law of Christ is that Jesus doesn't like we've said before he doesn't come to abolish the law it's him coming and saying no 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 these laws are not a matter not just a matter of physical but they are more a matter of your heart you may not murder somebody but if you hate them with your heart then you've murdered them already you know if you've lusted after a woman like these things are just pointing out that our sin is much deeper than the physical things we do. We can check off a bunch of boxes, like we said. I yeah. mean, we can check off a bunch of boxes and we can essentially say, hey, we're okay because I followed these rules and I, I went and did my sacrifice and, and all these things. Um, but then Christ is like, nope, you're not good. You're yeah. still a sinner. <laughs> Compares our righteousness to filthy rags, right? Yeah. So. And um, and just going back to say, like what you were saying that, Christ didn't come to abolish the law. Um, he did come to fulfill it. And so the the point that we're getting here to you is that we are not bound by those 600 plus laws. And, and in my opinion, and many people would probably disagree with me, I would even say we're not bound by the Ten Commandments. Um, because that's not where we find our righteousness. Our righteousness is found in faith in Christ. Now, Christ fulfills the covenant, which means he was the part, he became the partner in that old covenant and he fulfilled that part. And that's why he brought in a new covenant. And this new covenant, in my opinion, is to follow Christ's new law, which is to love God 
and to love people. And now we, we went through those, um, those commandments, because if you think about it and, and you can see them mentioned over and over again in the old Testament, I'm sorry, in the new Testament. And when you're really doing those things, you're going to fulfill that new law that Christ has come, has come to give us. And so just because we're not bound by that, what I mean by that is we're not made righteous because we follow those laws. It doesn't mean that they're not important. They are very significant. And you can see it all throughout the New Testament, how this is the standard God is calling us to live. And we live that out of a response of love to God because of his grace, because of his mercy, we choose to obey these things and to follow him and to trust in him because he is where we find our righteousness. Yeah. I just wanted to say though, too, like kind of back on that whole, you know, the, the controversial thought that, you know, oh my gosh, like we don't have to follow the Ten Commandments. Not exactly. Um, I, well, the reason I say not exactly is because yeah. it is a nuanced thing. I, and I think you would agree with me, but I mean, it goes back to Romans six and, you know, what then are we to, what then are we to sin? Because, uh, uh, we are not under the law, but under grace by no means. Like what, so that's only one verse, but that whole, that whole section of scripture in there, Paul yeah. is getting deep into that fact that like, we're no longer slaves to the law, but we're slaves to righteousness, meaning that we are, yeah. we are under the righteousness and even under the covering or under the mercy seat. If you remember from last episode, yeah. under the mercy seat of Christ. Right. And so Christ is our standard, you yeah, know, Christ. we're looking to Christ to see, to be to, as an example as how we should live. Yeah. So if anything, we're not held under the, um, the old Testament, uh, the, the, the 10 commandments, if anything, what we're held under now is even harder to follow. Yeah. Because like we were saying, it's the, the matter of the heart. Exactly. You know, those, those basic things, you know, do not murder, don't steal, whatever that stuff is easy not to do. Like you're like, hey, I've never murdered. I've never stolen. I've never committed adultery, but it's like, how has your heart done those things? Yeah, for sure. And um, we, I just wanted to talk about how we can apply these things practically. And this summer, I have my nephew and my niece with me this entire summer, day in and day out. They go home on the weekends. And um, I've actually been talking to them about Abraham and how Abraham was saved by faith. And um, and also just also telling them how we're saved by faith in Christ now. And what that means is... You know, when we love God and when we respond to his grace, we do that by obeying him, by following his law, by listening to what he's telling us. And part of that is by loving God and by loving people. And so I've been working on this with them by just saying, hey, is what you're doing loving? Is what you're doing loving your sister, loving your brother, loving your mom, loving your aunt and uncle, loving your cousins, loving the people outside, loving your friends when you go back to school and stuff like that and getting them into this habit of thinking like, is what I'm doing loving? Is what I'm doing honoring to God? Is what I'm doing putting God first and foremost in my mind? And as I'm asking them those questions, you know, obviously they're not getting it perfect every time. Um, we, none of us do. And so, but they are starting to think more about their actions and recognizing, okay, maybe what I was doing wasn't right. Let me change my attitude on that. And, you know, 
You can look at 1 Corinthians 13 to read what that standard of love is. Many people look use that chapter as a context for marriage, which it is a wonderful chapter to use there, but it goes so far beyond that. You know, God is love, and that chapter defines what love is, and so many things of those are so important to apply every day in our lives. Yeah, and I would even say kind of on... Um First Corinthians 13, I think a lot of times, I think people should just spend a little bit more time reading it, yeah. um, reading the whole chapter. Um, because I think that the context is, it is so much deeper, but I, I don't even, first of all, I don't think it's even talking about marriage realistically. Um, I mean, I think that some of it can be applied to marriage, but just based on the context of what Paul is talking about there, um, just go read it. Um, it, you know, it is talking about God and it's talking about his perfect attributes. And I would say, I guess in marriage we can like seek after those things. Um, so kind of going against what I just said, but like, (laughs) but the point being that this is the, the, the perfect love of God and no, we aren't going to be able to, um, reach that to its fullest, Right, we're not going to be able to follow all of those things, um, and how we love others, um, or even love our spouses, the people who are closest to us, mm-hmm. um, or even our children. But um, it's a it's a model, yeah, like for it's sure. a standard, um, which is good. Um, I would say, as far as my, as far as it goes for me, like one of the main things that I think about on a day to day basis um, is how can I be a better husband and a better father? How can I, and in, in, in that, how can I lead our family better? Um, and when, when I look at this and when I, when I see this one, this is, I mean, obviously the, the reason that these are even a concern to me is because of the grace is because of the grace through Christ and through his death. But, um, when I read this and when, when we or we've been studying this, it's just, it's reminding me of my own sin, but it's also reminding me um, of the fact that, you know, when I'm sinning in really any of these different areas of the Ten Commandments or even beyond that, um, there's a direct correlation to me either loving God, loving my neighbor, or generally both of those things. Um, and it, it just changes the way I approach things. So it changes the way I approach, um, you know, down the road when I need to approach August and her own sinning when she's not following the rules or even if there's something that I need to potentially rebuke you in because that's, you know, yeah. part of our relationship. Yeah. It's just, I approach it differently, not only because um, you're my, just because you're my wife or because she's my daughter, but because, um, I'm commanded to love you and in loving you, there's, there's grace. And also in Christ, there is grace and in God, there's grace. And not only that, but in God, there's love and God loves us. Um, and I'm called to show that same kind of love, even though I by no means can love you or her even remotely close to as much as God loves you guys. But, um, it just helps me reframe my thoughts, reframe the way I, um, think about these things. Um, and it's simple thing as well to teach. Um, it's simple and complicated, like, 
but it's there it's it's that freedom right like and i think that's the big thing and it's hard to like really put a whole lot of words behind it besides that is just that it's there is a freedom and you can feel it where when you are essentially putting away all these like earthly physical things these this list of things that you have to follow on a day-to-day basis you know um as far as like you know oh when i get up in the morning i gotta do this 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 and this or or man i'm gonna have to get a really good sacrifice like it's yeah, like for real. Like it's like having to think about these things. Like it's so it, it being a slave to the law was I mean, was this just bogging us down and I mean, which that was the goal of it. I mean, the goal of the law was to show us our sin, was to show us how filthy we are. Um and it still does, but then it's but now we can see in Christ um that freedom of his law, the simple law of love God and love your neighbor it makes it even more important on what we do, but it changes the whole idea behind it, which is that it doesn't really matter. Like, like, I mean, we'll go into this in in future episodes. So I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here too much, but like um, when it comes to like certain things like tattoos, both of us have tattoos. I'll just put it out there that we are okay with tattoos and we can talk, we'll talk more about kind of, why we get to where we get to down the road. I'm not going to get into that, but it's like in that, in something like that, or even drinking alcohol, as you know, we drink alcohol on this podcast. Um, It's like in those things, it's not a matter of um, which alcohol has never really shown itself to be a, a, a sin. So that's probably a bad example. But like with tattoos, it's like, it's not a matter of what, the, the physical action necessarily, but it's a matter of what's going on in my heart when I'm doing that. Am I tattooing in order to, um, to go against God or am I tattooing in the heart of like, of, I guess, pagan worship, which is part of what it was back then. Like what's the heart behind the action that I'm doing? Um, and so when we think about those and everything we do, I think if if your goal is simply to love God and love people, you won't sin, at least not one intentionally. And and you're going to sin, right? Like we're not perfect, but you're going to get farther and farther from sin and and more sanctified in the process. Yeah, I I liked how you mentioned the grace here. Um, Like, God gives us grace and that's why he sent his son in the first place. Like he knew the people could not fulfill his law. It started in the garden. And, um, as we went through the old Testament a bit in the last couple of episodes, like you can see how over and over and over and over again, people broke God's law to them. And so he had to send his son to, be the ultimate sacrifice and when he rose again defeating sin and the grave we are made free in him and that's what this whole season is about and so i'm really glad that you mentioned that grace a bit because that's what we're talking about here we're not bound by all of these things that we need to check off but we are made free in christ because of the grace that he's given us but like paul says that doesn't just give us a right to just live flippantly Um, and to do whatever we want and to sin wherever we want. No, that would be abusing the grace. Um, 
And if we are really thankful for that grace and we really do love God, our response would be to be like Christ, like we're called to be. For sure. Well, we want to also remind you, um, as we like to do every week, which is that we can only speak on these things because of the grace of God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. We are not perfect in ourselves, but we are made new creations through him. And this is how we are able to live out his calling on our lives. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes or our website, wearethedaros.com. And if you like what you heard, click to subscribe and to follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support us, consider buying us a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram at wearethedaros for updates and encouragement. If you have any questions you want us to answer or topics you want us to talk about, please leave us a voicemail or a text at 407-476-3434. That's 407-476-3434. Just give us a shout. We really want to talk to you guys. Um, I just want to, we haven't really said much about the whole phone number thing, but just kind of like going out here on a limb a little bit. It's like, we do enjoy hearing from people and at the moment our audience is small but if you have questions i don't even care what they are honestly like i just we want to hear what interests you and what is important to you so please just let us know um thanks again for listening to the darrow's podcast catch you guys in the next episode see ya